On today's episode, we normally discuss and rate the latest installment of a different series every podcast, but today we're doing something different. The HBO Max dark comedy and animated series Harley Quinn completed its third season, which consisted of 10 episodes in September. Already working on a Valentine's Day special, a spin-off series, and a fourth season, we're going to go through the episodes and find out what makes the show tick. Thanks for tuning in. Let's begin. What surprises you more, that Harley Quinn has only been around since the 90s Batman animated series, or that since that time, she's vaulted as a prop joke to the best-selling female character in the comics? She's only been around since 1990? 1992. That, yeah, that surprises me a lot. Because, I mean, like, it seems like something that the Joker would do, being able to somehow be so meticulous in his craft to, like, change a character into becoming crazy, that it feels like that's just something that the original comics would have done. Well, fans were mad that they actually retconned her story later on to have the Joker be the one who, like, tossed her in a vat of acid and turned her evil. Yeah, I remember that being Suicide Squad, that scene. originally, the background to her was that he was in the asylum or whatever and she was his therapist and she fell in love with him and then she was slowly corrupted into becoming the harley quinn that we all know so was she was he the one to eventually push her into acid though i don't think she fell into acid in the original it was just makeup (laughs) yeah and she's always had that codependency with the joker and that's what this that's what the first season yeah that's what the first season was kind of about clear up yeah so take me to where we are actually in the harley quinn character's story now that we're in season three. At the beginning of season three, she has already hooked up, right, with Poison Ivy. Yes, they are together now as like an actual couple. And so this series, this season is about their romance. Uh, the first four episodes were about kind of, so the second season, what I liked about the first part, because it's kind of a two-part season, mm-hmm. is the fact that Harley Quinn, she has to take down uh, this Injustice League that involved the Penguin, Two-Face, Mr. Freeze, Riddler, and Bane. Because in season one, the Joker kind of made Gotham, turned it into like ruins, literally by the end of the first season. And um, and the real heroes couldn't do anything about that? Yeah, the real heroes tried, but they just could not take down Joker. All right. So yeah, Gotham is in ruins by season two. And like I said, the Penguin, Two-Face, Mr. Freeze, Riddler, and Bane, Injustice League, they have their own parts of Gotham. And what the uh, second season was really about was harley quinn and her team that she uh kind of coalesced in the first season which includes so she's the samuel L. jackson yeah she's making the avenger team yeah it included dr psycho clayface um poison ivy sometimes helped out with it and king shark that's the team that she kind of had because the first season really reminded me of venture bros with this story arc with a monarch where it's like she wanted to be known for just being more than a joker's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend at the time Mm -hmm. and she kind of is by the end of the first season in the second season they're able take down all of those like injustice league characters within the first seven episodes how do they do that though because from what i've understood is that clayface is just a ham like he is he wants to become a james gunn uh well, <laughs> well no he literally he, he wants to be an actor That's he wants to be an actor but yeah. like james gunn himself has had 
the um, Clayface picture on his uh, like Twitter page or something as his that profile. Makes, yeah, because James Gunn actually makes a cameo appearance in season three. Yeah, he's like yeah. filming a Batman movie. Yeah, right? and that still felt like a fuck you to Marvel, even though I know Marvel rehired him after I think like what he was picked up for Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like James Gunn kind of wants to piss off Marvel with well, how much DC stuff he's doing. Yeah, you're aware that like recently he, him and Peter Saffron have taken over the DC universe at Warner Bros. I'm not surprised. They're in charge of it. I'm not surprised. From yeah. now on. So this show seems like it's very secure despite all the inconsistencies with HBO Max and all that. It seems like the guy running HBO Max now really likes it. It seems like James Gunn as the DC leader also really likes the show. So it's going to go for as long as it wants. Now it's not going to have the original showrunners being the showrunners anymore because after season three, Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher stepped aside and promoted Sarah Peters, one of the uh, known writers on the show, to helm the rest of the series. They've gone on to work on like uh, Abbott Elementary. They're also still executively mm, producing. Okay. But I've been surprised because just like Final Space, this fan engagement with, between these showrunners and also just the writing staff and the rest of the like they've been really open to feedback they've been interacting they've done several amas all these interviews it seems like they just really like to see what people like to see in the series and yeah it does and I, I would say i would say that the show got better really the thing is is that yeah, my question though was like whether or not season three felt like a natural conclusion because you said it was too yes. harder in fact when you said that this was already renewed for season four season two and season three finales both felt like they could have been finales to the whole entire show yeah well at season two they didn't know because of all the inconsistent like they had to switch from dc universe to hbo max and when they did that there was a two-year gap right yes and so like at the second half of the season though because i really like the first half where they're taking down all the villains the second half of the season it started to really revolve around kind of the love triangle between harley quinn Poison Ivy and Kite Man because Poison Ivy and Kite Man were going to get engaged. And I don't have a problem with the fact that they wanted Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn to get together. I just care about the show being good. However, whenever the show focuses on their relationship, and this was even a problem in season three, the show screeches to a halt. Was it more a problem in season three than season two? Because it feels like in season two, when they're just working the will they, won't they type thing, that's everybody's done It was actually more of a problem in season two. Okay. Because season three, by like kind of the end it seemed like it kind of understood what wanted to do more season two it felt like they found their footing with with like like you knew where it was going it it was predictable and you were just waiting for it to happen yes exactly and so that's why like when season two when they finally get together in the just married vehicle and they drive off because there was this big attack on the wedding that kite man and a poison ivy had that harley quinn ends up saving the day with and poison ivy and harley quinn get together it just was like all right finally at least it seems like we're finally done with it did you feel bad for kite man because a lot of people I felt bad for Kite Man, but I mean, like, he was always a character that I felt hard to take seriously mm. because of how dumb he was. Well, are so you ready for his new episodes. show? He, that's the spinoff yeah, show this you were Noonins. talking about? Noonins is the oh, new show. no. They're gonna be, wait, that's bad? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, I don't want a full show centered around Kite Man. Well, I think Bane's also going to be in it. Oh, God, they're just taking the wimpiest of characters. Bane is seen as, I like... I thought Bane was, like, a fan favorite. Bane is seen as just, like, literally when he was in the Injustice League... 
all of the other villains hated Bane. Yes. They just gave him, like, a tiny little part of Gotham so he wouldn't, like, annoy them. But I think that's why people on the sh- who watch the show like it so much, like his character so much, is oh. because he's constantly shit on. Well, yeah, I mean, let me get into my, like, first pro, which is the fact of the matter being that this show has so many different characters, but also they're characters that we've gotten to know through comics, movies, television shows, all of it, and they have been able to make every single one of those characters have a specific trait to them that really works and they're still introducing characters from the comic books like in this uh in this season and you're, small characters yes too. you're introduced to amanda waller nightwing uh you even get mad hatter in there mm-hmm. uh and then obviously cameos um like from actual people like james gunn billy bob thornton all that stuff so that is definitely by far the best part of this show the fact that they're able to have so many characters and the fact that you're able to be like oh i recognize them from this and that and yeah okay did you finish your explanation of season two like what ended up happening yeah so yeah poison ivy and harley quinn they basically drive off in a just married vehicle they're going to be together and that's where the second and season gotham ends. is better now gotham yeah it seemed to be rebuilt. they've taken down the injustice squad yeah what happens to the penguin the penguin dies so in the first episode of the second season harley quinn kills the penguin with a baseball bat like her signature bat and then you have her Mr. signature Freeze. bat yeah she keeps it on like the all three seasons like negan that's a huge part of her character trait yeah really <laughs> just her and her, that bat okay and then uh i think she even has it in the well, movie well she had a mallet before and then they just switched it over to a bat right yeah i think she switched over to the bat because she didn't want to have because again that was when she was with the joker yes then you have mr freeze he ends up like putting the treatment inside him and saves his wife nora freeze so he ends up giving I his like, life i liked hearing about that because i was like in all the uh renditions we've ever seen mr freeze is always just like he's incapable he of saving like, her yeah at the very end like he's he a tragic like a villain guy. yeah and then um and then yeah and then you have the riddler that's who they end up actually jailing in the second season yeah bane it, it seems like bane should be dead because literally that's when harley quinn like rips his cords from his sockets yeah but it's weird that bane doesn't work with poison ivy because they've asked several times fans have asked uh why ha- doesn't bane join the crew he seems like one of the normal people, right? <laughs> yeah, but Bane, so much of the story follows Bane. But right? Bane is like so dumb. They've made they've taken his character, and that's his like character trait. The fact of the matter being that no villain actually likes working with him, even when he's in the Injustice League. They just give him a tiny part of Gotham because they just want him kind of like out of their hair. Justin Halpern actually said um, that the, he had a war with the writers' room when he tried to mention that maybe Bane could be a super genius just undercover. <laughs> And, like, everybody started throwing stuff at him because of how <laughs> stupid they've already made him in the show. I, I Also, Two-Face. Two-Face is actually one of my favorite villains in the show because I really like him in The Dark Knight. But I don't really like whenever they take him and put him into an animated show because they, they always do the two halves of him. But here he actually comes across as an intimidating villain. In fact, in season three, one of the main stories is that he actually takes um, yeah, so Gordon. Let's, let's get to season yeah. three at this point. Okay, yeah. So, so two parts in this series as well, right? Right or in this season? Two. No, not not as much. The first four episodes focuses on Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn's relationship. In fact, that's even what the first episode is completely about. Yeah, it's called Harl Ivy. So. Yeah, Harley Quinn and Ivy they kind of take a vacation. They go to this place called Eden. It's a place that Poison Ivy really likes because obviously she loves plants. She's able to make like trees grow from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, she's a huge environmentalist. Yeah. It, like throughout the whole show, which yeah. I which I find funny. Um, but yeah, no, it goes along with her power. 
Yeah, and then Harley Quinn, she ended up actually kidnapping Amanda Waller because Amanda Waller doesn't see Harley Quinn or Poison Ivy as uh, villains. And I really like that storyline because that's one of the things about the show that I wasn't too on board with. The fact being that Harley Quinn, she does not seem like a villain in this show. They just tamed her down so that she's not doing as chaotic of things. Yeah. Everything seems to have a purpose and it's kind of just, she's, well, did she like almost, t- she took over Gotham in season two with her like squad and then just decided not to, right? Well, no, actually what happened was Dr. Strange, Dr. Psycho, Dr. Psycho turned evil in their crew so he's not part of the crew anymore he kind of like made uh yeah wasn't he always evil though yeah he was always evil but he was supposed to be kind of like an anti-hero kind of like the way harley quinn is Mm -hmm. but uh but he ended up trying to take over gotham for himself and then he ended up being defeated but she never has control of gotham because i thought that she had i thought that she had her minions that's the thing so who we have now king shark poison ivy is basically part of the crew clayface and harley quinn they are coming up with a uh, plan to terraform gotham mm-hmm. and uh but and this is mostly poison ivy's plan yeah this is her thing right exactly in fact a lot of the episodes is just her trying to find the right cure for that for her to like be able to actually do that to terraform it yeah so so one person's cure is another person's poison it would really kill a lot of people right yes so harley and poison ivy they end up going to this place called eden it's this place that poison ivy really likes it's like this paradise harley quinn's really into poison oh, ivy is jb smooth there too like the big frank that just always hangs out frank yeah no frank is one of my favorite characters he's not there do he, you know they do they shoot his lines by having him just like riff and then they just keep the parts that, that makes, they want that makes so much more sense because like his lines seemed like they're improvised like a lot of the time <laughs> but that's one of the things that makes jb smooth so funny in this show and mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters and frank has to i'm not sure because i haven't read any of the forms or stuff but frank has to be like a uh people's favorite i mean like, oh for sure yeah no yeah fan favorite so anyways uh what so one of the things that harley quinn and poison ivy do is uh harley quinn captures amanda waller mm-hmm. and amanda waller was kind of insulting them because she was talking about how poison ivy and harley quinn really are not evil characters and i like how the show finally was able to address that because that's one of my biggest problems with the show the fact of the matter being that like harley quinn and poison ivy it's a stretch to even call them anti-heroes they just seem like for the most part like they're, they're working in yeah because last season was all about you just said them beating up the worst evils and not only that yeah like in the first season she takes down the joker like i mean that was a personal vendetta but like yeah so harley quinn they're they're like kind of fighting about that and then this person named plastique who's part of the suicide squad comes over to eden and she tries to take uh, amanda waller back and then there's this big fight scene that basically leaves eden in complete ruins and harley quinn oh no yeah they'll leave harley quinn does that make poison ivy angry She's angry, but she's more just sad about it. And Harley Quinn's oh, okay. like, we'll rebuild it. And that's kind of the end of the first uh, episode. I, I will sure. say that, that doesn't seem as much about their relationship as I've been led to believe. It was, it, well, there was a lot of talk about it. I would give this episode a five out of 10. There's also a side storyline where, yeah, Clayface, he is going to be a chair for James Gunn because James Gunn <laughs> is making a Thomas Wayne like biopic. But we're unclear whether or not he actually knows batman like there are a lot yes. of hints to it but he's not 100 percent right. sure. okay right yeah yeah, so. yeah yeah and also for for the at first episode you're just saying it was slow out of the gate but that actually opens the door for episode two to come along uh there's no ivy and team 
Yes. And tell me more about that one. So this is when I was kind of talking about they introduce new characters. You have Dick Grayson, Nightwing. He hasn't been back in Gotham for like eight years. He Does uh, he look like Nightwing from all those other shows? I would say so. Okay. Yeah. And, and he like meets Batgirl, Robin, who is like, I really do like uh, their interpretation of Robin. He's like an 11-year-old kid who just likes to play video games a lot of the time. Yeah. That's how I've always envisioned Robin kind of being if he was ever in like real life. And then, of course, Batman. And they have their own like kind of quarrel going on with Nightwing they're they're mad that he kind of like abandoned them Mm -hmm. and then you have Harley Quinn and uh, her team they have to break into the scientific lab because there is this special formula that Poison Ivy is going to be able to use that is going to like really help her terraform Gotham so we've we're introduced to the bat squad Mm -hmm. and then they suddenly shift right back over to Poison Ivy and her plan? 100% on purpose because what happens is is that Harley Quinn and her team, they break in and then uh, for some reason the Batman team is also there. Yes. And so it ends up being just kind of, it was a uh, trick. It was a trick by the Riddler to try and get them to like to oh, try and Oh, so this is them. when the Riddler comes back. So the Riddler yes. had been in previous seasons and you know what most people were most upset about with the Riddler? Maybe the fact that he was like trapped in a hamster wheel and didn't do much in the second season? No, that he was no longer buff. What does that mean? That he was no longer buff? Yeah, apparently he was buff in the previous season. I mean, in the second season, what they did is they took him and they put him in a hamster wheel to kind of run the mall for power. Yeah. So I assume that, yeah, I think that that was a joke when he, like, kept on running this hamster wheel. His, like, legs got incredibly, like, strong. Oh, okay. I didn't, (laughs) I honestly didn't pay attention that much to it. That's fine. But this episode kind of sets the seeds for later on in the story. One of the things I really like about it is by the end of the season, not only do you have the villains, but also the heroes working together. Together. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like episode two because you have um, all the different characters. I believe you have like Harley and Batgirl stuck in an escape room that they're trying to get out of. You have Batman and I think like King Shark and Clayface. They're like talking together. It's basically a way for the characters to know about each other and realize that they're not that different after all. Okay. I had to give the episode, even though the first four episodes are kind of lower on my list, I'd give it like a seven out of ten. Yeah, well, the first three came out together. So maybe they were just oh, like... Oh, okay. That actually makes a lot more sense. Do they? Yeah. Is there like a three-part story there? Well, a little bit because the 83rd Annual Villy Awards is the third episode. Sounds like a cool name. Good episode? Uh, it was. Uh, I, I didn't like it that much. Kite Man comes back. I like that part of it. Kite um, Man comes back. But Harley then... Quinn and Poison Ivy, they are nominated for Best Couple at the Villain Awards. Basically, where all these villains show up. So and it's like just... a homecoming episode yeah. almost. Yeah. Uh, doesn't uh, the Joker host? Yes, the Joker Tell does Tell me host. about the Joker because people have strong feelings oh, about that. Oh, God. Okay, so the Joker was just basically the Joker that we know in the first season. Yes. Uh, crazy, villainous, manipulative. And he wins. Uh, yeah. And he wins until he gets part. taken down by Harley in the first season. In the second season, he actually becomes like an upstanding citizen. First off, he lost a lot of his memory. Yeah, like they brainwash like, him or something. Yeah, for like the first half How of the season. How does that happen? Uh, I think it's just the fact that we see that the Joker is still alive at the end of the first season. Yeah, but and because then he of, goes to like uh, Arkham or something, right? And do yeah. they just do tests on him or something? Or how does he forget? I believe the first time that we see Joker in the second season is Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are just having a drink and they see him being a bartender. And like Harley Quinn is for sure that's the Joker and Poison Ivy is for sure that's not. And by the end, you can see that there's still remnants of the Joker in him. Like mm-hmm. he, you can still hear his laugh. But he's been like uh, reprogrammed. Right. <laughs> and he's like a suburban dad now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that started in the second season. Yes. But in 
order for so that was something harley quinn had to like get the joker woken up again in order to i think defeat either one of the enemies or i think it might have even been dr psycho that she had to defeat. so he has most his memories but do you think that he still remembers who batman is oh yeah no because the joker gets woken up in the second season again like you see him like kind of lose the vendetta that he was under yeah but it's an ongoing debate whether or not he remembers everything well that's a big yeah that's a big deal because of the fact that yeah he actually has a wife now and kids that he really cares so for. he's still yeah he's still keeping that in I, his character i was against that storyline until the sixth episode but let me finish up on the third episode yeah, that was just kind of um kite man has a new girlfriend and like poison ivy and her have like a bonding scene uh it ends up being that like harley quinn and poison ivy end up ditching the award ceremony because they're like we're not going to win anyways and then the joker it ends up ends up being them yeah but they're not there and the joker accepts the award kind of there was a really cringy joker rap that he does Ooh. like to start off the Billy awards i gave the episode do you, do you like what they've done to the characters like overall like bane nightwing the joker jim gordon you haven't really talked about him yes so jim gordon's he's running for mayor he's under the guise of two-face that is actually one thing so clayface's storyline where he's uh with james gunn he ends up uh even trying to get to billy bob thornton who has a cameo in this show okay. because billy bob thornton is going to be playing thomas wayne and uh when clayface and uh billy bob thornton comes over to Catwoman's apartment because that's where most of the actual villains like Harley Quinn and her team are staying because Catwoman, Catwoman's place? Yeah, because Catwoman And has, Catwoman has a thing with Batman, right? Yes, All yeah. Right. Uh, but Billy Bob Thorne ends up coming over and then like goes into who he thinks is the bathroom and there's a tiger there and then dies. Oh. And then Clayface now, he has to take over as Billy Bob Thornton because he can shape shift right. into him. Yes, okay. Yes, so that was... Uh, so that, that's why he's starring with James Gunn in the movie. All right, and then also uh, the question about you were saying with Jim Gordon. Yeah, so Jim Gordon is like losing in the polls. There's no way he's going to win this mayoral race. And then due to like just this chain reaction of events that happens in the first episode, the mayor gets like a poll implanted. Like spontaneous? Like it yes, all it's once. one of those things where it's like, I think uh, Two-Faced threw a coffee mug or something out the window. And it was one of those chain reaction things where you follow one thing, hitting yeah. another, hitting another. Okay. There's like a family of rats at one point that ends up doing All the things. dominoes fall. Right. And it ends up making it so that the other mayor gets impaled with the pole. But the mayor's still alive and he's still debating against uh, Jim Gordon. And so that was one of my favorite parts of the uh, the series, that storyline. Sounds like a more violent version of what happened in BoJack when Todd <laughs> somehow becomes mayor. Yeah, then you have Clayface's storyline, which I really enjoy. And also they even gave King Shark by the end of the season uh, more character development, which I actually really enjoy. But all that happens by the third episode or are you jumping ahead? I'm jumping ahead a little all bit. All right, so by episode four, A Thief, A Mole, and Orgy, this one was supposed to have so much like weird stuff going on that the animation team when they storyboarded it were told no by not only the showrunners but also <laughs> hbo some of those scenes did will never make the cut i got so excited because they introduced the court of owls and the court of owls is a comic book that i've read i've read the i think like the whole series too i really like the court of owls and the comic book they are incredibly intimidating and i honestly think one of the best batman villains ever because their the whole entire goal is just to kill batman it's like you have been assigned by the court of owls to get murdered it, like that's the one that, it doesn't sound that intimidating no it, it was i was told that there were a it bunch was of a owls great, after me no, no, no. Like, oh, worse things. it was a great comic I, book I believe you. and i was really into it and i was so sad that they did what they did because this show is not afraid to go with the cheap joke oh, over sure. sometimes you know just like maybe what would have been a really cool storyline because the court of owls is basically just the fact that they're like a sex cult so frank has been taken and that's actually a big storyline this season frank was taken after the crew was out like 
basically celebrating because finally Poison Ivy has found out the uh, formula that she needs to terraform Gotham. Okay. And when they come back, the whole entire place has been ransacked. They think that it's the Court of Owls because they found a little tiny pin that signifies that it was them. Jim Gordon is trying to get ahead uh, in the poll numbers, so he goes to the Court of Owls as well, where they're all supposed to be wearing masks. And it turns out that the Court of Owls actually didn't end up taking Oh, there was Frank. a joke in there that people were pointing out that Jim Gordon was able to recognize Bruce Wayne when he was wearing his little mask. Yes. Just based off a chin. Yes. But couldn't do it when he's Batman. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's the same chin. Yeah, no, that, okay. that, that was funny. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so it turns out, yeah, they didn't end up taking Frank. And then, like, Jim Gordon just makes a complete fool of himself. He's going to lose this election if this was, like, anything <laughs> real. Like, he's supposed to be the mo most grounded version of Jim Gordon in any version. He's just... Despite, like, everybody else is supposed to be a heightened, exaggerated version of themselves. But Jim Gordon is supposed to be, like, if the commissioner was actually in a world of superheroes <laughs> it would drive him mad yeah. and he would act like i this. mean yeah that's basically his character he he has i know that batgirl is his daughter but he's just a depressed character like throughout barbara? the whole thing did you know barbara is also the name of his wife so he named yeah. his <laughs> no no, no, no. He, they named their kid barbara after his wife but they, that was a joke in the show i think yeah no yeah. we also went over completely that whole scandal with the batman eating batwoman out i think or was it Catwoman? I'm not sure. A Catwoman. He's with Catwoman. Yeah, no, but like yeah. the where he was, um, what was he doing with her feet? He was massaging her feet mm -hmm. in the previous episode yeah. or something. And that was the scene where they actually had to cut the part where he was eating her out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, HBO said no. And then, yeah, it, but this fourth episode also focused heavily on the whole entire Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. They get in a fight because of the fact that uh, Poison Ivy feels like Harley Quinn is too clingy. And, and then they end up like working their differences out. Something I'd is seen in yeah okay yeah definitely and i i was on poison ivy's side when i was watching it You're not alone but i gave it like a six out of ten and i watched these first four episodes and i was just looking at it and i was like am i really just going to be like rating these this whole entire season like six and seven out of tens like this is not a good season a lot of people pointed out that like they didn't have to depict harley and ivy having their relationship with this big heart to heart at the yes. end of the episodes, like they can leave things on kind of a tenuous. And uh, that's how rope. the first four episodes just were. It was like, they continually had to have heart to hearts about the fact that poison Ivy doesn't like want to go too fast. And Harley Quinn is like, so in love with her. And it was just things that I did not care about. Yeah. And so the criticism there is that they just oversimplified characters to like one note about them, yes. which is basically like Harley's going to be sort of clingy and uh, poison Ivy's going to be distant. And they're both going to then talk it out and feel good about, Themselves. I should also mention the fact, because kind of piggybacking off of that, the the show's moral compass is sometimes just so ham-fisted and beats you over the head with it. It honestly feels like you're watching a Saturday morning cartoon at different <laughs> points because of how kid-friendly okay. it seems. Like, the show can have as much and violence. And it kills a bunch of people. Well, it can have as much violence, swearing, and even some sexual scenes or references as it wants. It doesn't really, it feels like, you know what it feels like? It feels like The Killing Joke uh, in 2016. It came out with its R rating, and, it, and people looked at and was like this really doesn't really need to feel like an actual r-rated thing i just feel like the writing maybe they they wrote themselves into a box and they're kind of stuck in that box because everything i understand they're never going to break up these two they're for yeah. their their relationship is as stable as ever and the one thing i'll take from the vampire academy and vampire what was diaries uh julie <laughs> pleck when we were doing that podcast yes. i remember i'd read an interview where she was talking about like everybody loves to see the will they won't they that's what we made the entire six seven seasons about mm -hmm. in all of these different shows but once you actually get them together people get fed up super quickly of a happy relationship yeah so what these 
so what Harley Quinn seems to have done is like, we're going to put them together. We realize that they can't just be happy. Otherwise the show doesn't have the momentum it needs. So we're just going to have them constantly battling their dysfunctions. And then eventually they might be happy. But I think by that time, then the show will have to end because then what will guide it? Because the relationship will just be great between the two of them. But that's the thing is that it actually changed after the first four episodes, all of the episodes. It's a swamp thing. Uh, It's a swamp thing. That was actually my, that was out of the good episodes because I do classify the good episodes from being episode five onwards. Mm -hmm. That was the worst of the good episodes. So it just Uh, started to move forward. (laughs) Yes, it moved forward. Um, Basically, Poison Ivy, Harley and Nora Freeze joins on an adventure where they have to get the Swamp Thing because they're because uh and Nora Freeze is just out on the town now, right? Yeah, yeah, she's like she, hooking up with anybody. She hooks up with Swamp Thing. Which, and that's another how do you feel about that? Introduced. I actually was okay with it okay. because I I like. Do this you episode. like her relationship with Swamp Thing more than Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn's? I mean, no, because Harley Quinn and uh, Poison Ivy, she's actually friends with. That's that's a major point of this episode. Swamp Thing, like midway through, because they're trying to find Swamp Thing so that Poison Ivy can go into the green. So she, and the green is something where it's like she can kind of use her mind, almost Professor X style, to try and find where Frank is. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Who Har- do you think kidnapped Frank at this point? I, at this point, I was wondering if it was possibly. Uh, I was. I was thinking like maybe Bane Two Face was seen as a villain. I was trying to think about who they were. Just like who was too obvious. I was maybe. I was maybe thinking like Jim Gordon because of the fact that he was running for. Did Governor. you get flash cuts of like Frank being held prisoner somewhere? Uh, that actually happened at the very end of this episode. Oh, okay. Um, but so, anyways, yeah, Swamp Thing is talking. She's he's hanging out with Nora. He's yeah, with the and uh, and like Poison Ivy is like, hey, I really need to learn how to like go into the green so I can find out where Frank is, or if you have like any information because you are like an all powerful being. And uh, but what she really wants is to find out where her the cure is or whatever, right? No, she's really trying to find where. No, Frank no, no, is. no. Like, there's something about Frank that he needs to be there to release the cure, right? Yeah, but so like that's what people are saying is maybe she was doing this as a selfish thing and not as much as a friend. Well, the reason why I would discount that is because by the end of the episode, Nora Freeze is like, "Oh no, Swamp Thing and me aren't actually a thing," and this sets Swamp um, Thing off. He just goes <laughs> off. He starts like attacking everybody. He's like, "What?" And then this ends up all being a ploy because apparently Poison Ivy and him have a heart to heart as he's going crazy Mm -hmm. and she's talking about how she's really trying to find frank because she just feels lost and like can't always go to harley and like he was actually a friend and that's that is true because frank has been in this show since like the first episode and so and then swamp thing is like good job you know what fine like i'll I'll give you permission to go into the green and i'll even try and help you i I thought this episode was okay an eight out of ten but this is when the episode six uh the killing vote is when what did she find when she went into the green did she find frank yeah, actually, she finds Frank and, and Bruce Wayne has been the one that captures So her. they do reveal that in yeah. this episode. Cool. All right. Next episode, Joker, the killing vote, probably the most talked about one besides the finale. This was by far. Oh, no, before Batman Begins Forever. That was yeah. actually more talked about. This was by far the best one out of the whole entire series. This is my favorite episode. This is the episode that made me kind of change my opinion, not only on, season. on what the Joker uh, character had kind of become being this good person, mm-hmm. but also, yeah, my opinion on the whole entire season. So it turns out that the mayor 
there that has been impaled by the pole. Yes. He ends up dying at, like, the very beginning of the episode. And now Jim Gordon is 100%, like, he's, like, partying with Two-Face. He's like, yes, we're absolutely going to win because no matter how unpopular I am, I'm going to just meet come mayor. Like, that's absolutely going to happen. And then the Joker, uh, there's, like, this thing at the very beginning of the episode that happens to him where he feels like his kid isn't being given a fair shot because, like, his, uh, because just the fact that he's kind of poor and he's living in a poor community with a poor family Mm -hmm. and so during a bank robbery he decides that he's going to run for mayor and he turns into bernie sanders talking about (laughs) how everyone deserves free health care going after the one percent and 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 everything i was like yes this is absolutely like i love the way that they went with his character and that we were just following the joker as a whole because harley quinn and poison ivy barely even show up in this episode and just everything that the joker said like at all his rallies were funny it turns out that like Barbara Gordon, she gets really mad at her dad because the dad kind of chooses his mayoral campaign over her. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up going out and supporting the Joker. Yeah. Not as Batwoman, but, but like she goes to one of his rallies. Yes. And almost like the killing uh, joke. It's supposed to be like the opposite. Everything is supposed to be like turned on its head where yes. like everything was screwing over Jim Gordon, that other one. <laughs> this one is supposed to actually in the end, the Joker kind of helps him. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is is uh, Two-Face calls the Joker and is like, look, we have your son. So drop out of the race and come <laughs> over here and and you'll he'll be safe but like keep going and he's going to die so the joker like abandons his own campaign and goes over to a place that's animated almost exactly like the way that the killing joke was in the movie cool and uh and yeah he's even and the kid is stuck on the roller coaster that's about to kill him just like the killing joke and then uh and then two-face is like concede and like drop out of the race and then the joker's like fine i i was really just doing this to help my family so he gets on the roller coaster he starts cutting off the ties that were on the kids uh hands and feet and suddenly the bar is closed meaning that the ride is about to start and this changes jim gordon's mind he's like wait he said that he was going to drop out of the race and then this is where we see two-face and he's like he's always been evil he's just uh, like a problem that we need to get rid of mm-hmm. so what happens is is yeah the the uh, the whole entire roller coaster starts jim gordon ends up actually saving them but two-face is like still alive and he's like pointing the gun at them yeah and he's like you know what i'm just gonna kill all of you guys and then that's when uh the joker's girlfriend comes out of nowhere with a car and completely like doesn't smush two-face to death but like basically makes it impossible for him to shoot girlfriend or wife wife sorry yeah and and then yeah the joker at the end of the episode ends up becoming mayor like he ends up winning and uh, harley quinn and poison ivy at the very end have like a five second scene where they come back and they're like we've been gone for four days how is he suddenly mayor (laughs) and the episode ends the humor was on point with this episode and i really liked joker honestly became one of my favorite characters just because of this episode i do know who voices jim gordon though christopher maloney I honestly can't imagine that. Like with Alan Tudyk with the Joker, I can see it. But with Alan Tudyk does the Joker. He does Clayface. He does Calendar Man. He does Doctor Trap. He does Condiment King. He does uh, Firefly. He does Ocean Master and Kevin. Wow, I did yes. not know he did all those characters. I thought he just did Joker. I thought Lake Clayface Bell, was Andy Lake Bell Daly. Does Poison Ivy, Cheryl, Barbara Keen, Brittany Bionic. Um, yeah, every, a lot of people do more than one character. Yeah, so you you actually just talked about Ocean Master. That was episode seven. It, it basically focuses on... Uh, episode King. seven, another Sharkly adventure. Yes, it focuses mostly on King Shark. He goes to <laughs> uh, his underwater thing. His dad has just died, and they, they made it clear throughout the season that he really didn't like his dad, and mm-hmm. like and, and his brother is going to be given kind of uh, the, the reins now. He's going to be king. Oh. And the brother really has second like uh, ambitions because what he does is he 
talks to Ocean Master, who hates sharks, like absolutely despises sharks, and almost like the environmentalist storyline is going to basically make it impossible for sharks to live underneath the ocean and just like make moles and things like that. Mm. It's supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be one of those. Can villains. Ocean Man, or sorry, can King Shark be controlled by Aquaman? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, but actually, Ocean Master is Aquaman's brother. Yes. So he's the villain in Aquaman, if you've ever seen it. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. Right. So uh, it turns out that Ocean Master, he has the pen. He's about to sign the contract, basically handing over the right to him. And then uh, King Shark comes out of nowhere and is like, brother, you can't end up doing this. And then they end up having a full-on fight scene at this restaurant. And I actually did feel... Full sharks. Yes. I did, sharks. I did feel bad for King King Shark because he ends up killing his brother. I he ends up that. actually having to do it. And I, I was like, actually, the show does try to have a lot of emotional moments. But one of the things is that it just feels like they're always kind of out of nowhere and that they're not really needed. And, <laughs> but I actually felt sorry for him. But then this show, like I said, is also not afraid to go with a cheap joke because right after King Shark kills his brother, a waiter comes up and is like, can I interest you in dessert? And I was like, you ruined it. Like, it was an actually good like moment where you could have just cut. There's a secondary storyline I think it happens either in this episode or next episode where Mad Hatter shows up yeah. out of nowhere and uh, Harley Quinn and Batgirl end up having to take him down. But yeah, going into episode eight, much like in season one. Episode eight deserves like a second. So Batman begins forever. Yes. You recognized how much of this episode? Recognize, oh, because of the movie? Because of the origin story, basically. Uh, when, they, when they were going through his origin story, I'd say about, like, 70%. So how yeah. do they introduce Batman back into, like, a series like this and then make it serious where Harley Quinn again becomes his shrink? Yeah, so what happened was in the last episode, Harley Quinn, the reason why she got stopped by Mad Hatter is she was trying to go to a rooftop party to basically kidnap Bruce Wayne to try and get Frank back. Uh. Um, when they end up doing so, this was actually a callback to the fifth episode of the first season, this whole entire storyline, because in the first season harley kind of gets incapacitated so the whole entire team is able to like go into her head mm -hmm. this was doing the same thing but with bruce just trying to figure out where frank was because so it's all, yeah it's all taking place in his mind sort of like that legion episode yes yeah yeah and that's actually why i would compare this episode to the most just legion just an episode of legion um so yeah so she's like a little secret agent who goes into her his everyone brain. everyone you have dr psycho he makes a return and he he is i thought it was just harley queen no, no, no. he's he's made a deal with harley quinn that if she makes a guest appearance on his podcast his yeah. very popular podcast now <laughs> uh that he because he's the only one that can bring so everyone he's gone from wanting to take over the world mind. to making a successful podcast mm -hmm. that's his main objective and mm -hmm. so they end up all going into the mind and then they realize that bruce wayne is just on a time loop and this is when they realize that bruce wayne is batman and and, and i thought harley quinn already knew that no no, no, no so no. she wasn't there when the joker found out we just found out as an audience yeah. that the Joker found out, but Carly, okay, okay. Yeah, and so uh, Clayface, it turns out that Clayface is really into trying to get to Thomas Wayne before he dies because that's who Billy Bob Thornton, and since he's Billy Bob Thornton, that's who he's going to be playing. Yeah. So that that was a funny joke as well. Um, but yeah, what happens is is that Harley Quinn changes the memory instead of uh, uh instead of Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne, seeing his parents get murdered, she turns him around so that he doesn't have to watch it, and this causes everyone, Doctor Psycho, Poison Ivy, Clayface, and everyone to like kind of wake up and not be in his brain anymore except for harley quinn mm -hmm. and then you're stuck with harley quinn and young bruce wayne and they're going through a ton of his memories mm -hmm. um and and then uh they're by the end of the episode and this wasn't your favorite episode no it's a lot of people's favorite episode that's why i asked yeah i i it definitely was my third favorite episode. they even took out the old batman animated series like the actual footage from the vault to use as the background 
That, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because it was animated, yeah, it was animated, kind of. They had it in, like, a temperate, controlled climate for, so that, like, the film would never go bad or something. So they had to the, get it out of that. What is uh, revealed at the end of the episode is not only has uh, Batman's sidekicks uh, kidnapped everybody, they threw in a gas tank even when we were outside of Bruce's head, and they've kidnapped everybody and have taken them to Wayne Manor. But we also realize what Bruce is trying to do, saying up the next two episodes, he's trying to bring back his dead parents. That's what he's trying to do the most. But you, uh, Harley Quinn does help him through some hard times in this episode. That's why. That's actually one of the things I like. They don't do a lot on this show, but when they do, it does work on an emotional level. Her being a therapist and being able to actually talk through to people. Do you think that's going to be an ongoing that. thing? Like in future seasons, she's going to stay his therapist or something? I think so, because it even happens later on. When we get to episode 9 and 10, especially a movie premiere that happens in episode 10 about the uh, Clayface's movie, where like everyone is invited to the movie premiere, heroes, villains, everybody, and Bruce Wayne is going to be kind of attacking his demons head on, but he has problems going into the movie premiere. But now that Batman's worked through some of his issues, what happens in the ninth episode doesn't make as much sense, right? Because well, no, he, cause... he wants to bring back his uh, parents. Yeah, but still, even after having yes. this... That's 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 been the whole thing. All right. And so he that's why he needed Frank in this season because Frank is able to like make some juice that not only brings his parents back but bring back a ton of dead zombies. Yes. One of the things I well, like Well, that mixes with like Harley Quinn's uh plant stuff, yes, right? Right. Because there's this big place Jazza Pajiza. Pajiza. Yeah. No. Climax at Jazza Pajiza. Yeah. And uh and it, there's this huge jazz competition that's going to be happening, but a ton of zombies have awakened from God. One of the things I like most about this episode is the fact that you get the team up between the heroes and villains I was talking about earlier. You get Nightwing and Batgirl and Harley Quinn and kind of all of them working together to try and take down the zombies. I thought it lost steam around the 15 minute mark, but it's only 20 minutes. So uh, basically, Poison Ivy finally feels the reins of, uh, of power and she kind of turns evil because she's now realizing that. Well, when- she'd already sort of been evil this season. It's just kind of in the down low, like below the relationship storyline right is she is able to actually uh take control of the zombies all the zombies mm-hmm. at once and whenever the zombies throw up it causes plants and she sees this <laughs> as a way to make eden and so she doesn't think anything that she's doing is wrong even um, though it's killing a bunch of people yeah and so that's why they're trying to kill a ton of zombies and then har- and then they're just going to kill straight up poison ivy so harley quinn comes up and is like poison ivy you have to stop this like you have to stop this thing and then poison ivy's like i thought you wanted me to recontrol eden and uh bane is trying to get to his therapist and the therapist is a zombie but bane can't tell because again he's incredibly dumb mm-hmm. and right as the therapist throws up and we've already seen it happen to dr psycho in this episode if you get like some of the vomit on you you just turn into a tree harley jumps in front of bane uh and then like gets vomit on her she turns into a tree and then poison <laughs> ivy is like left with the thing where she ends up having to undo that undo everything to save harley. and and she's like really mad and that's where the ninth episode ended overall that was a really good episode probably my second favorite of the season i would give it a nine out of ten the finale was uh i won't say it's like game of thrones because they, it did actually have a ton of characters kind of story arcs that we had seen throughout the whole season coming to an end like i said you have batman he's really afraid to go to the movie premiere but then he's able to actually like go in and uh they recreate thomas wayne's murder clayface has a dilemma where no one's going to realize that it was him acting in the movie they're all gonna think that it was billy bob thornton so that's the revelation for him and now he's freaking out about it yeah he wants to like it was so how's he gonna fix it 
so uh, what happens at the end of the movie is everyone starts clapping and then he gets up as Billy Bob Thornton and he shifts into no. Clayface and he's like, guys, it was actually me. I was the one to do this. And then they're like, oh my God, Billy Bob Thornton is it's a cl- shapeshifter. Yeah. And they start like cheering him and Clayface is just uh, in a line of distress. <laughs> and then, um, and yeah, and then Harley Quinn and uh, Ivy, they kind of talk about it. Ivy realizes that she might have kind of gone overboard with everything. Yet. And, uh, Yet. What does she do then? Because this ends with her being, like, evil, right? With with Poison Ivy being Yes, evil? like, she goes and joins the Legion of yes, Doom. Yes, she gets an offer from the Legion of Doom. Which, apparently, she'd already renounced that several times. She, she said even that she says wasn't that, going yeah, to do it. She even says that when she was at Costco, because apparently Lex Luthor has hacked into all the TV screens. Mm-hmm. And it's voiced by someone famous, I just can't remember who, but I the voice was so recognizable for me. But, yeah, no, it turns out that Poison Ivy is actually going to join the Legion of Doom. Harley Quinn is going to join Batman's sidekicks. And that's where the and season And they're both okay off. with that. Yeah, they, they they're both still going to be together. It's just going to kind of be this like buddy and head thing. You said this sort of ended in a way where like it had a natural conclusion if the series was canceled, which it's not. They're having that Valentine's Day special. They're going to have the fourth season, all that stuff. But like if it had ended here, what would have been so conclusive about that? There was no lingering storylines. Mm. Like everything was everything kind of tied was up. Kind of like season two. Yeah, this season three, I was re- really wondering where they're going to go with it. It was less episodes than season one and two combined. But I honestly feel that it was the best for that. And yeah, this was still, I felt like the best season. Overall, I would give the series, like this season, an eight. The series itself, I'd maybe give like a seven and a half to eight. So kind of along the same lines. Well, it has an 8.5 on IMDb. It has 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. There were a few things that you didn't mention from the season that I'll just like throw out there and see what your thoughts were. Constantine showed up at one point? Yes, Constantine showed up. And actually was voiced by the guy who did Constantine in the series a while back. Oh, that's right, yeah. The Swamp Thing episode, uh, he shows up at a bar for a couple minutes. I did enjoy his cameo. Nora actually has ice powers in that episode? Yeah, she she she's uses never them. had ice powers before, right? Like, yeah, that was just the thing she got when she, she got was saved when Mister Freeze, Freeze. Yeah, gave his life. There was a henchman that apparently was brought back uh, who was hit with a cancer ray in a previous season. Who then you saw in this season that was like had cancer and like it was very thin and was bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah, name was Carl. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I you think that Carl just shows up for like a random like scene. Or yeah, so? he's still working as a henchman yeah. though. He didn't decide to take some time. Yeah, yeah. Because Which, he, he even he even talks about that. I think it's during a fight scene and he's talking to like another henchman about how he has cancer. And then who was your f- favorite character? I would either go with A, the Joker, B, Frank, or C, one of the characters that is starting to grow on me is Clayface. I I didn't like his character at first because that's literally all his character does is just try to get acting gigs. But Mm -hmm. after seeing him this season and his story arc being one of my favorites, yeah, I think Clayface. So it's like a tie between those three. The person who's with Kite Man is named Golden Glider. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of Starlight from The Boys. That's she'll be, she she'll definitely be in the Noonan series uh, if they decide to keep that name. Um, compared to Harley, like, would you say that she's more like Jinx? Because that's who I always thought of her as. Pinky, oh, Jinx from um, Arcane. Pinky in the Brain. Or they've compared her to Bugs Bunny before. Bugs Bunny. Maybe because of, like, her bright nature. I would I would more compare out those three to Jinx. Or, yeah, Jinx, because she's not dumb. Like, Pinky is incredibly dumb. 
Hmm. But like Jinx, yeah. Yeah, and she also works for a villain and, and is sort of working for the villain because she feels betrayed from, yeah, I don't know. Right. Other than that, uh, the last thing I'll leave you with is as far as actors that they've wanted to voice characters that they haven't got yet, we've got Nathan Fielder, John Wilson was were put out there. <laughs> which, do you think they, they would fit in they with the show? They would fit 100% with the show, especially the awkward humor that has. Yes, absolutely. I would love to see that. I would love to see Nathan Fielder voice a superhero too. So yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye.